It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A very well-respected MLB prospect reporter over at Fangraphs has had a major shakeup in the way that Nationals prospects are looked at. And I'm going to tell you why for a 100% fact I disagree with this list. I'm going to tell you all of that and more right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price, always guaranteed with our friends over at Game Time. And guys, I'm Ryan Clary, host of Locked On Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day. And obviously, I have been on this show now for about eight or so months, you could say. And so thank you guys again for all the everydayers out there who tune in every single day. If you don't already, I can tell you this. We are the only podcast where you get the best Washington Nationals content. So make sure to subscribe over on YouTube at Locked On Nationals. You can follow and get the podcast wherever you get your podcast on any app, whatever you think that's where it works. And so later on in today's show, the Nationals do start off another series against the Arizona Diamondbacks. So we're going to preview that because obviously we don't really get to play in the NL West right now. And we are getting ready to get started with a red hot Diamondbacks team. So we're going to talk about that and what it means for the Washington Nationals. Do they have a chance or do they not? We'll discuss that. Then also we're going to take an early look at the trade deadline and what could be coming for this trade deadline. Are the Nationals going to be staying put? Are they going to be selling off or could they be buying? We're going to be discussing about that a little bit later on in the show. But this is where I want to start because I saw this from Eric Loggenhagen from Fangraphs and I really love what Eric Loggenhagen does over from Fangraphs Baseball. And guys, if you aren't familiar with his work, he does deep dive into prospects and really looks at the analytics, but he is also a production-based kind of guy when looking at prospects. So production really matters. And he just unleashed a top 30 prospect list for the Washington Nationals and updated a ton of different things with this list. And here, let me just pull the ripcord now. Here's where he has some of these guys. As we know, James Wood, Brady House, Robert Hassel, Elijah Green, all these guys are mainstays in this prospect rankings, but not Eric Longenhaines. Right now, he's got James Wood as our number one prospect. No surprise there. Move on. Number two is Brady House. And number three, Cade Cavalli. And then, You find Robert Hassel III all the way down to number seven. And then you also find Elijah Green all the way down at the number 11 prospect in the national system. The top five pick from last year's draft. The superstar talent. The five tools has him at number 11. And then what was ultimately the biggest surprise out of this whole thing 
was he put catcher Drew Milas all the way up to number six in this system. And by looking at these prospects, you look at this and say, okay, this is obviously a production-based prospect group. He is looking at the production so far of 2023 and listing all of these guys in order from there. He even has Cole Henry up in number five in the system. Obviously, Cole Henry is still rehabbing down in the minor leagues. He's going to be up in AAA eventually once he is healthy, once he is ready to go. And then eventually he could be getting called up to the major leagues by this September. But also he's got Yarlin Susanna over at number eight and Another pretty surprising one was Christian Vaccaro. The phenomenon is what the people call him down in the Dominican Republic. He's at number four with this Washington Nationals group. My big takeaway from this is that this is a production-based prospect list. And I'm not really here buying that just because of the production. Then you would have someone like a Jake Alou in the top 10. If we were going by strictly production, which I do believe this prospect list was just all about the production so far in 2023. Like when you look at guys like Drew Miles, who's having a career year down in the minor leagues, he's not really someone that this national team is counting on to be some stud. Because obviously this year he's got a 900 plus OPS. He's killing the baseball. He's hitting for slugging. He's getting on base. He's hitting for average. He's doing everything that you'd want him to do. But is that the move to where you put this guy who is not really some huge entitled prospect? He was what we got back in return when we sent Josh Harrison over to Oakland and obviously with the rest of the guys as well. Drew Miles was the guy that we got back. The Nationals weren't really expecting too much of Drew Miles just because of the simple fact that we have Kibet Ruiz. Kibet Ruiz is the catcher of the future. They made that known by giving him the extension this past offseason. But also on the flip side of it, you have Riley Adams now who's taken over this catcher two spot, and he's done a really good job of it. So far this season, his OPS has been high. He's been hitting a lot better. Power, contact, all these different things. And also, when he catches Patrick Corbin, seems seems to be pretty good. A pretty good connection there. So this prospect list, in my opinion, is kind of a throwaway. A throwaway. Now, I don't know as much as Eric Longenhang, and I will submit that. But also, I look at this and I'm like, how can you put Drew Miles in the top 10, let alone in the top six? And it's not a knock on him. But then when you have someone like Elijah Green down at 11, over the last few weeks, Elijah Green has really turned it around. And I have said, I've admitted, I am a little worried about his production so far and the lack of power. But also, I can look at this. He's turned it around. He's still a teenager. This guy is not even close to being done. He's in low A Fredericksburg. You could have said the same about Brady House at this point last year. People were getting concerned when the back injury pops up. But obviously now, he's got Brady House over at the number two prospect in our system. Which, by the way, I think is not the craziest of things. Brady House is a very, very good talent. But when you have someone like Elijah Green, who's only been in the majors, or not in the majors, but he's only been a pro for about a month and a half, to have him all the way down in this order at number 11 over guys like a Darren Baker, who, by the way, has been all right. He's settled down a lot over the last few months. 
And while this guy hasn't really hit for much over his career, he is starting to hit this year. Extra base hits. He's slugging a little bit, striking out way less than what he was. But still, you look at this list, and it's just kind of jarring to say the least. Because when you have guys like Israel Pineda all the way up at number 15, and while a lot of people are really high on him and what he brings, I'm not thinking that this guy is going to be better than a TJ White who's all the way down at number 23. So as I've said, this prospect list that he is putting out is production-based. I'm not making the biggest deal out of this because I don't think it is the biggest deal in the world. It's a prospect list. You want to get clicks on this, obviously. You want to get reaction, obviously. I'm reacting to it. But I will say it is a little jarring to have someone like Elijah Green all the way down at number 11 when you also have Dalen Lyle, who is at number 10. And which, by the way, I'm very high on Dalen Lyle. I like what he brings. I talked about this with Lindsey Crosby from Locked on MLB Prospects the other day. Dalen Lyle has hit the hell out of the ball. But then also when you have someone like Robert Hassel, who in my opinion is the safest prospect in this national system, even safer than a James Wood, when you are coming back from a hand injury, Not only is it affecting what you do defensively, which Robert Hassel has not had any issues out there in the outfield, but also affects your hitting and your slugging and the power. As we have seen this season go by, Robert Hassel has continued to hit for a little bit more power than what we anticipated. And it's because of that hand injury that he had over this offseason. And also back in spring training, he did get a little banged up as well there. So I think the Robert Hassel thing is also a little jarring considering the fact that you're dropping him way down the list when this guy was a top 30 prospect in all of baseball just last summer. And now while it is noticeable that Hassel's production has fallen off since being traded from the Padres and the Nationals, I'm still not concerned of what he does because I think this guy is a hitter. He doesn't strike out a lot. He's going to put the ball in play. And also... He's a stud defensively, and he can run on the base path. So I think Robert Hassel kind of got the raw end of this deal, you would say. Because Robert Hassel, I think, is presented poorly in this situation. When you have someone who is, in my opinion, a top three prospect in this system and one of the safer, highest floor kind of guys in this Nationals farm system, to put him down at number seven, I think is a little ludicrous just because of the lack of production over the last year. Now, if we continue with this production that Robert Hassel has had so far this season, all the way through August, let's have a conversation. But I also think it's a little bit of a recency bias, similar to the fact that Elijah Green has now fallen from a top two prospect in the system down to number 11 in this farm system. Now, I also will say, Van Graffs before the season was a little down on Elijah Green. He strikes out a lot, and they really look at analytics heavily in these scenarios. So at the end of the day, I'm not going to scream and yell about it. But it is an interesting note to look at when you have someone like Drew Miles, who's consistently in the back half of that prospect loose, to now be in the top 10 and to be a prominent role in this organization. So it was fun to look at that. But I'm not going to be looking too deep into that, you could say the least. Just because 
when you see these guys in person, I believe that it's more of a projection than a production standpoint when you are ranking these high prospects. So thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. The Nats play the Diamondbacks tonight at 7 o'clock, and you can catch every pitch of the Nats home down broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. And before we get into talking about this early trade deadline preview, I got to tell you guys about our friends over at Game Time. And guys, Game Time is just the best gaming app out there and we talk about a time when you were stressed going to a game like a nationals game for example like i was in that situation just two weeks ago i didn't have tickets for the game it was 655 guess what i did i went on game time two clicks away bam i got my tickets because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful and they got killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guaranteed you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for the fun that you'll have. They have flash deals and last minute tickets and easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Also, my favorite feature is that they have images of your seat view. So when you're looking at those tickets, you can also see what the view is. Is it going to be obstructed or not? Game time is the truest form of the best ticket app out there. Download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, always guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And now we get into a MLB trade deadline preview as a lot of people have been discussing this for the Washington Nationals. And I was actually talking with a buddy about this just last night. The Nationals are entering a pretty interesting trade deadline because obviously this Nationals team has stepped it up this season. They haven't been the worst team in all of baseball. And honestly, this Nationals team has been a fun one to watch with a lot of surprising factors with guys like J. Mayor Candelario or Elaine Thomas really killing the baseball, taking a step up with Kiebert Ruiz and C.J. Abrams and Josiah Gray. Obviously, the young guys like Abrams, Ruiz, and Gore, and, and Gray, all these young guys, and Garcia as well, they're off the table. They will not be getting traded. But let's ask this question here. What will hold, the back, what will hold back the Nationals from trading away someone like Elaine Thomas or a Victor Robles? Because a lot of people look at this and say, why would you do that? Why would you trade away Lane Thomas? Why would you trade away Victor Robles? And to pin those two together, which ones would you rather trade of those two between Lane Thomas and Victor Robles? I'll answer that question a little later on in this segment. But Lane Thomas is an intriguing one, in my opinion. Because when we talk about selling and buying all these different prospects, the Nationals are still set on the future. Just because the Nationals have had 
a glimpse of success this year doesn't mean we should just let our eyes off what really matters the most, and that is the future and building prospects and opening up ways that you can spend money. Now, Lane Thomas is not the most expensive guy in the world. We know that. But I did go to business school. And when I went to business school, you were told to sell the stock when it's high. And Lane Thomas is high right now. As I've alluded to a lot this season, Lane Thomas has notoriously started off slow. Not this season. He started off super hot. His numbers are really inflated from probably what they really should be and will be by the year end. But also, the second half of the season over the years past, that's when he's taken the biggest steps up. That's when you've seen the production. And more importantly, that's when you've seen the power from him over the last two to three seasons. So Lane Thomas is someone that if the Nationals do believe they could be getting a higher prospect out of him than maybe they thought they could before, and when I say a higher prospect, I say someone like a top 10 prospect in someone's farm system. Maybe like, I don't know, just throwing a team out there, the Diamondbacks, or whatever it may be. That is what I'm talking about. And the Nationals should consider the fact that Lane Thomas, his stock right now being under team control over the next few years, still being in his late 20s, that this is someone that the Nationals should consider trading down the road. And I understand why people say, don't trade Lane Thomas. We want to watch him. We want to see that what he is about. But also, guys, what you can't do is create a logjam. See the St. Louis Cardinals right now and what they're doing with Jordan Walker. Right now, the number one prospect in all of baseball, according to MLB Pipeline. Jordan Walker was sent down even after having a good start to his season and his MLB career after foregoing the AAA level and just going straight to the major leagues while he was producing in the majors. They had a log jam in the outfield because they couldn't get him consistent playing time. So they ended up sending him down to AAA just to call him back up. James Wood is expected to be at this point in the majors by this year. And in my belief, I believe that he will be projected to be a starter on opening day of next year, depending how he does throughout this season. Now, that is a deep, late look into that. But I am on record to where I believe James Wood will be in the major leagues by the end of this season. And I do believe that he will be this starting center fielder for the Nationals come opening day in 2024. Because then that opens up the spot for Victor Robles getting traded as well. Lane Thomas and Victor Robles, while we all love Victor Robles, 2019 world champion, I know, we love him. But it's also the same as Lane Thomas. Someone who is a gold glove contender with Victor Robles. Someone who has electric speed out there. Who plays a great defensive center field. And someone who has hit well, obviously, before his injury this season. But it's kind of crumbled for Victor Robles over the last few years. So you are selling the stock when it is high right now for Lane Thomas and Victor Robles. Victor Robles, when he comes back from injury, if he is still producing the way that he was pre-injury, you're going to look at him and say, we could trade this. Because last offseason, or last season, you could say at the deadline, I do believe the Nationals were shopping Victor Robles. They just never really got the right price that they thought they could get for him. Because here's the thing. A defensive center fielder or someone who could be a utility outfielder, like a Victor Robles and like Elaine Thomas, those guys are of value. 
And a team will overspend for someone like that if it's the New York Yankees who have John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge who, oh, by the way, get her a ton. Teams will provide guys like Lane Thomas and dangle those prospects over a team like the Yankees and try to get the most out of them because those are what the smart organizations do. And that's what the Nationals should be in business for come this trade deadline. Looking at guys like Lane Thomas and what he does now, is this what he's going to be down the line? Do we truly believe in the skill set that he holds? Because right now we have Elijah Green. We got James Wood, Robert Hassel, Christian Vaccaro. We got a ton of prospects in this Nationals outfield. And especially depending what happens in this MLB draft, do the Nationals get lucky and have Dylan Cruz follow them? Then you have another outfielder prospect. Do the Nationals pass on Paul Skeens and go for Wyatt Langford, the corner outfielder from Florida? Then that's another outlet for this Nationals team. So it's a really tricky deadline for this team as a whole. But when I look at it, you should be considering the fact that the Nationals should look to trade a Lane Thomas or a Victor Robles, one of the two or even both, and see what you can get out of them. Because as we've seen in the past, some people are like, oh, well, it's really, is it really worth it to trade Lane Thomas? What are we going to get? Nothing? You know who we got Lane Thomas for? John Lester. And if you want to do this, take a look at it. Name the last time Mike Rizzo has lost a trade. We'll think about that. Chew on that for a second because I can't really remember a time that Mike Rizzo has lost a MLB trade. You guys can connect tonight's game against the Diamondbacks tonight at 7 o'clock. And obviously, Jake Irvin is on the mound. Should be a fun one, but you can catch every pitch of the Nats hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals. And before we get into that series preview, I got to tell you guys about my friends over at BetterHelp. And this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burnt out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge find more balance with better help again find more balance with our friends over at better help and now we get into previewing this washington national series going up against the arizona diamondbacks which this is our second time going up against this really strong arizona diamondback squad as jake irvin gets set to throw again tonight. And as Jake Irvin has kind of, you know, not really fallen apart, I should say, because I do like what Jake Irvin does, but we've kind of seen it from him. We've kind of seen what he can do. And I still like the stuff that Jake Irvin brings. The horizontal break on his breaking pitches are very legit, as we've seen. But I also think today is a crucial start for that Jake Irvin guy. 26 years old. Former, you know, 
pretty relative prospect in this national system that Mike Rizzo and a lot of different nationals directors have loved about him over the years. Jake Irvin's command is relatively solid. Jake Irvin has some really good breaking pitches. He's got nice playing on his fastball, the way he delivers. It's a really well-oiled machine when talking about Jake Irvin. But still the question is, can he solidify himself as a starter? Because as he started out this year, it was really good and really impressive. But since then, he has kind of taken his lumps a little bit. He's taken some beatings here and there. But at the end of the day, you ask yourself, is this guy a reliever or is he a starter? I still do believe that he is a reliever. And I say that kind of hoping that he is because Jake Irvin's got the stuff. But I just don't think he is that starter guy. I think he's a back end of the bullpen guy in which the Nationals need a ton of help in, by the way. If you didn't check out yesterday's episode, check it out of me bitching about that bullpen disaster over this weekend series against the Phillies. But we're going to wish for better luck this time because you're going up against Tommy Henry, a left-handed pitcher for the Diamondbacks, who has been relatively impressive so far in this so far short season in 2023. He's got a 1-2-4 whip in 41 innings pitch. Not a lot of walks, not a lot of strikeouts either. He's only struck out 25 batters in the 41 innings pitch. So the Nationals, they're going to have to put the ball in play, which luckily this Nationals team does very well, as we have obviously highlighted plenty of times this season. But not even that. When the Nationals are going up against a tough, hot team like the Arizona Diamondbacks, it's not just about winning today. You also have two games coming up after tonight's game. And really, these next two games could be a tough one, in my opinion. When you have Patrick Corbin going on the mound on Wednesday, and then on Thursday for a day game, you got your ace, Josiah Gray, going up against their ace as well with Merrill Kelly. So that Thursday game is going to be the one to watch this series because Patrick Corbin going tomorrow night, as we have seen a much better improved Patrick Corbin so far in 2023, Are we really going to buy it for this long? We'll just really have to see and talk about that another day. But Thursday, that is the game to watch. That day game at 105 against Arizona Diamondbacks. And again, when this team has kind of been in a little scuffle as of recent over the last 10 games with this Nationals team, it's a must-win series. Because I talked about it with over that last week, that if the Phillies were to blow these three games against the Nationals and the Nationals were to sweep them, we'd start talking about postseason contention and this team being the real deal. But that did not happen. The Nationals only won one game out of the three, and it wasn't the prettiest of performances there. So obviously the Nationals play the Diamondbacks tonight at 7.05 Eastern time as Jake Irvin. Eyes will be on you, my friend. I'm going to be watching to see if you are a reliever or if you're a starter Let's do that against the Diamondbacks tonight and catch every Nats hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals. And thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen on tomorrow's show. I'm actually going to try and hunt down Eric Longenhagen to try to do an interview and discuss his prospect rankings as it has been an intriguing one in my opinion. So thank you guys for tuning in and listening the whole way through. Go Nationals. I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.